0: being a friend
1: travel down the road and back again your heart is true you're a pal and a confidant
2: picture it los angeles 2023 welcome
3: to out on the lanai the only golden girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to i am sadie pine slash h allen scott and i'm carrie doherty And this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of The Golden Girls and then talk about it, but we ran out of those episodes. And then we watched all the episodes of The Golden Palace, the spinoff of The Golden Girls, and we ran out of those episodes, too. And so now we do whatever the hell we want. And I want to be very proud of myself because Carrie will not let me have a document for this episode. I have no script in front of me, and I am someone who relies on scripts for things I have to say because you all know I will go on tangents like right now. And I did that with no script. Thank you very much. Round of applause.
2: Oh, you could have opened the intro script. That's not going to ruin anything. I didn't open anything. I flew. Wow. You are flying by the seat of your pants. Well, for you,
3: because you didn't want to spoil anything for me because you apparently have spoilers for me.
2: Yes. Yes. I have some spoilers for you Um, because today is I feel like today's episode is a long time coming. We are technically doing another Golden Rewind, where we go back and re-watch our favorite episodes of the Golden Girls and re-talk about them and offer new insights since we first started breaking down these episodes way the hell back in 2014. Today, however, is very special because for longtime listeners of the podcast, you know that... When we originally watched To Catch a Neighbor, Mm, season two, episode 24, which on our podcast aired September 15th, 2015, there was a debate between the two of us. It was a a big debate on whether or not Blanche wanted to sleep with Bobby, aka George Clooney. I said yes, you said no. Our guest, Satya Baba, wonderful actor, very charming man, was caught in the middle of the argument, but- I mean, just for all intents and purposes, did actually agree with me.
3: Not today. No, he I've talked to him since and he does not remember it that way, Miss doherty
2: I re-listened to the episode, Sadie I'm Pine sorry, slash H. Allen scott memory,
3: The memory that persists is that he does not remember agreeing with you. I'm just
2: saying. Okay. Well, I'm just saying I re-listened to our original right. episode. We are, are all, all we are already starting with a. They're di- <laughs> already starting with a fight. This is how this is going to go. But because we are known in the the, the sort of the Golden Girls podcast world, we, I feel like we are known for this debate. Which, no. if you haven't listened to the original, you should go back. We'll put it in the two, show episode notes. Episode 24. We'll put it, in, we'll the put it in the show notes.
3: We should. Um, say the audio is early. Before network, before anything, the air conditioner was on because it was September and hot in Los Angeles. So the audio looks sounds like we are being held captive in a warehouse.
2: Yes, but we are not. We are just in your apartment hanging out with <laughs> Um, But today we thought that we would revisit this episode, but very specifically, we're going to break down all of the moments between Blanche and Bobby to see them. if we can try to objectively get to the bottom of whether or not she wanted to sleep with him. And then as a special treat, because again, you and I were already arguing and we needed is, a
3: mediator, we needed some we need a common. mediator. But who do you get in the Golden Girls world? I mean, I, I'm not going to get someone who's going to give me a monkey to walk around with. You know what I mean? We need to have an expert right. come in. Right. The Golden Girls world knows. And so who did we get?
2: We got Danielle Soto, Dr. Cheesecake. I
3: mean, it's the most obvious choice. Of course, we're going to have Dr. Cheesecake on to help us mediate this little dispute that we've had that has persisted for the past, what, almost eight years. I mean, it's eight years and so much has changed. And what I'm hoping is that because in the eight years, you have come to a place similar to Blanche in that you have had a child and you've, you understand The maternal need to comfort a child so perhaps dr cheesecake will finally get you to agree with me that blant Mm. was indeed being motherly
2: oh i gotta take a sip of my wine real quick (laughs) by the way i didn't i I grabbed this one this was unexpected but Speaking of motherhood, I did grab my um, mug that says, it's a friend's mug that my sister got for me. It says the one where I become a mommy established 2021. Oh, that's in It's in the glass. So to talk about, so the history of this debate, right? So this debate didn't even start with the first time we watched To Catch a Neighbor with Satya back in 2015. You and I would have this debate I believe on the podcast and other episodes, anytime George Clooney was mentioned or just anything, this was something that was, I feel like it was really early on in the, in, in the the history of our podcast, you and I would argue about this and we're like, just wait until we get to the episode, just wait, just wait. And then it finally came and I actually I, in my mind, and this is where we talk about memory, right? So Sati is like, I don't, I don't remember whose side I took, but like, like, but this is, this is the thing about memory. In my mind, when, before I re-listened to the episode from 2015, I was like, oh man, this is going to be ugly. There's going to be so much like vitriol in this argument. I was actually surprised at how like, Civil, it was well,
3: you know what I have to say because you were a new friend in my life at that point. We had only known each other for maybe well, a year literally at that point because you had come well, a little over a year because you'd come to my birthday party in July 2014, and um, it was my 12th birthday party. I was very mature for my age, and and no, so you had come, you had come then, so we had only known you for a year, but yet I had known Satya for a little bit longer, and he was a he is continues to be a very, very close friend of mine. He Love him. You all probably know him because we. I don't think we said who he is. He was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. He's been in. He's he directed Queer as Folk this past year on Peacock. He's done a lot of great stuff. He, he was, was on-,
2: on New Girl. That was yeah. I. Fan, I fangirled on him Did he for fly his fly off with Taylor
3: Swift or something. He like flew off on something with Taylor Swift. I think that was his storyline.
2: Yes, he 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 yeah. he left with Taylor Swift.
3: Yeah, yeah. So like he's 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 an accomplished person, but he's also. One of my very close homosexuals. So I have a feeling that he was a good person to have in the room to separate us, literally in the middle. I was on one end of the couch. You were probably on the other. And Satya, poor Satya, was in the middle trying to figure out what the hell to do and how to get out of that apartment.
2: Well, as it turns out, Satya's, even even if his memory on where he stood is a bit gray, which maybe he's doing all these years later because he doesn't want to upset you but Ah! (laughs) this this moment in Satya's life it it had such a profound effect on him that we actually asked him if he wouldn't mind digging deep into the well of his memory um and recording a little message for us because he was such a big part of this historic debate
3: I want to say before we play this message that Mr Mr Baba is a very busy uh He is all over the world. In fact, he recorded that message for us from somewhere in Asia. I don't even know where he is. He's somewhere in Asia, probably working on something big. And yet he took time out of his busy day, great audio quality, by the way, to record his thoughts on that debate. Should we play it?
2: We should play it. Okay.
4: Hello, listeners. This is Satya Baba calling in the original damaged child of the broken home of Kerry and Scott, Um, given that I was there for the fateful argument, which you all know so intimately from this episode. Um, I just wanted to call in to say I'm so glad that they're seeking therapy and help, and maybe once they sort out their issues, they can bring me in um, to help sort mine out from being caught in the crossfire. Um, (laughs) You know, I would say that uh, I think about this moment and this fateful fight many, many times, uh, and I still come out somewhere in the middle. I think that... There certainly was a flirty nature, but there also was a maternal nature to the approach um, towards George Clooney's character. Um, You know, there was caring, there was interest, there was uh, suggestive looks, maybe. But, you know, what is a mother if not the ultimate and original flirt? So really, maybe my answer to the fateful question is both um hopefully we can sort it out and they can sort out their issues so we can all move forward happily happy listening you know what I love about him
3: is that he can be a little bitch um, (laughs) but but because of his beautiful voice and the beautiful body in which that voice comes out of he you can't you can't be angry at him you can't get pissed at him
2: Oh, I thought I thought it was a very diplomatic approach. Um, why he's a
3: little bitch.
2: No, no, it's not his place. It's not his place. It's his to... place.
3: We've had our debates. Trust me, I know. Well, it's very decisive.
2: I will say if you need Satya to pick a side, I think you need to go back and re-listen <laughs> the episode once again.
3: And I do, love, I do love his line at the end when he's like, what is a mother if if not the original flirt? The Which original so flirt. True. Which is so, so true.
2: Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so We are going to do, so we are going to listen to clips of all of the moments of um, Blanche and Bobby together. Um, But before we get to take a deeper dive into those moments, um, there were just a few quick things I wanted to point out about this episode that I didn't point out the first time around just while we're here watching to catch a neighbor. Okay. And then if you have any, hit me back. So one thing I noticed when Dorothy and Al are both wearing pale yellow and gray, and they're sitting next to each other on the couch, which I thought was a great way to foreshadow their romance from costume designer, Judy Evans. I wanted to point that out when Martha McDowell comes by and invites them to dinner. I don't understand from a story perspective, why she would do this criminals typically like to keep a low profile. Although I do know she's great at breaking fashion laws because as Blanche points out, you know, her purse doesn't match her shoes. But I just thought that was wild. I was like, why is she inviting them over for dinner? She's a criminal. The moment when the heist goes down, not that well, not the heist, but when it the middle of the night, Alan, Bobby run out, the exchange is going down. The four women are huddled on the floor. I was Nicole like
3: literally said, why isn't this the picture everyone uses of the girls? Because it's so cute.
2: What I that's what I said. I wrote, yeah. Why hasn't anyone drawn the four yeah. women huddled on the floor against the couch? Like why hasn't anybody made the t-shirt? Why hasn't anybody the You know made what's interesting about this?
3: the one the gif, one of the most, if not the most, popular gif in the Golden Girl series comes from this episode when Blanche spritz herself with water. And yes. that is a GIF that is constantly in rotation. I would argue it's probably the most popular GIF. So yeah, I mean, this episode is iconic, even though I feel like it's not as cited as much as other episodes.
2: That moment for sure. But looking at the four women, I love that Michael said that because I said that I was like, this is why isn't this a GIF? Why why don't we ever see this yeah. as an image? The four women huddled on the floor together. It okay. was, it was just, so, it just looks so beautiful. Um, last thing is... You know, I love a good like the one that got away story and for me that was Al he was the one that got away it's not that the only reason it didn't work out is because he had a dangerous job so I would have loved to have seen in the finale instead of introducing a brand new character of Lucas and having Dorothy get married to Lucas if Al had retired and Dorothy was the first call he made
3: and that would have and then you could have given Dorothy like they did with all in the family with the lead of that whatever his name is they gave they put him on like a drama series you could have had B. Arthur and Al in sort of like a law and order drama series about a retired detective who just can't give up fighting criminals and his angry wife who's like you're retired that would be a great drama series
2: oh that could have been a second spin-off too bad b arthur didn't want to do tv anymore um but those were the only um i have one
3: i have one away from this that isn't really going to be relevant to anything we do on this episode because what what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and then we're going to recap our set up our argument and then we're going to talk with dr cheesecake but one thing that won't be a part of that argument is sophia in this episode now at the beginning of the episode, Sophia is like rushing the the neighbors out because she's, she's she's done with them. She's over them. And this isn't a golden takeaway, but it probably should be. This is the golden takeaway, not for this episode, but for another episode. More people should be like that. More people spend too much time humoring losers. When you, life is too short, and if you're having a bored moment with someone and this moment is not working out, guess what? End it. Cut it off. Let them go. Kick them out move on and go hang out with people that are actually fun. Like I'm all about Sophia in this moment. Kick those bastards out.
2: She did do a lot of great door slamming because also (sighs) when Alan Bobby show up, they knock on the door and she goes to get it. And he goes, ma'am, do you realize you should never open the door for a stranger? And she just goes, fine. And she slams the door in his face. Perfect. Um, I thought it was so great. Um, Okay, did you want to take a break right now and then and then dive into it? it. (laughs) Great. Okay, so for anyone who may have missed this at the very beginning, back when we first recorded this episode, Harry Doherty's stance was Blanche Devereaux wanted to sleep with Bobby. She wanted to get dirty with him. H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines, your stance was no. She was more of a maternal figure. She looked at him like yeah. a son. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to, we're going to go through all of the interactions. We're going to play clips of all of the interactions between Blanche and Bobby. And we are going to objectively you know, reward what? a point to either me or you based on what happens in this scene. And if we think it leans more maternal or more flirty.
3: Okay. The The point system's really going to confuse me, but.
2: That's fine. I'm going to keep track. Me,
3: this reminds me of when the other podcast, I feel like we're having like a podcast Palooza, but the other podcast so good you named it that they or we named it or there yeah, you go. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, When they were on that judge show, I forget what it was and Judge
2: Mathis maybe. Yes.
3: Yeah, I think maybe Judge Mathis. And so Dr. Cheesecake essentially is going to be Judge Mathis and you and I are preparing our cases. Yes, this is stressful. Because I'm it's not a gonna be, I've never it's, watched La Law.
2: It's, you're fine. You're going to do great. We, you, we've, you're you going to do great. Okay. So let's start with clip one, which is, we're just going to call it The Meeting.
0: I am Blanche Devereaux, oh, and you. these are my roommates, Dorothy and Rose. They're innocent. I'm not.
4: <laughs> no, uh, Bobby, you don't have to write that last part. That was just a come on. <laughs> Uh, Look, I'm sorry to take up your time at this hour, ladies, but I'd like to ask you a few questions. Well, of course.
0: I am single. I'm free on Saturday night and I can arch my back until my
2: head touches my heel.
0: (laughs) You don't mind, Al. I'd like to write that one down.
2: (laughs) Okay. so I have thoughts. Great. You tell me your thoughts first.
3: So if we're looking into a situation and whether Blanche is being motherly or flirting and I don't like this binary. I don't like the binary of either or because there's always space for gray. And so I'm going to go into the gray space. So also I don't live life on the binary. Thank you. Um. So she was flirting. Yes. Very pointedly at Al, which we will hear, we will further prove in the next clip, but yes, but back to the dear little shit Satya Baba's point that the mother is not, if anything, the ultimate first flirt. In this situation, Mr. Clooney, who wanted to write down what Blanche was saying, because he was the student listening to mommy on how he should flirt. Thus, in a weird way, Blanche was kind of being even a little bit motherly to George here in teaching him how to flirt because she's clearly flirting with Al.
2: I I was going to give you the point for this one because yes, she's very clearly flirting with Al and she is not flirting with Bobby. So I think objectively we can give you a point for this interaction. Yes.
3: Oh, i i i of course. Great.
2: <laughs> I, well, I want to make sure you're okay with it too. Okay. So that's their first interaction. Now, the second interaction I'm going to call the proposal. This yes. is where the men uh, propose the idea for the stakeout. Let's pay attention to Blanche and Bobby in this moment.
4: Your next door neighbors are dealers in stolen gems.
0: Those sweet people?
4: I'm afraid so. And we have reason to believe that they may be making a major move sometime in the next 72 hours, so we'd like to set up shop here for a few days.
0: Well, of course. You can both stay in my room. (laughs) Now, wait just a minute. All right, you can have the boy.
3: Okay. Now, now I think that proves my point even more.
2: Okay. Here's where I think you and I actually both get a point on this one. Oh. I think I get a point because she said you can both stay in my room.
3: She loves an audience.
2: And and I think a little menage à trois situation. No. no. Yes. No. Both you can uh, both stay in my no, room. No, 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 no,
3: no. Let me let let's listen to the full clip because what does she say at the end?
2: She you says, fine, you can boy. have the boy. Now. She
3: does not view George Clooney as a man, thus an equal sexual partner. She views George as a boy. She is after, ow.
2: I'm so sorry, oh gosh, what was that episode? Oh, Blanche and the younger man.
3: No, younger man, man. She viewed him as a man. He well. was masculine, whereas George is not masculine to her. George is a boy to her.
2: Bobby
3: or Bob. Well, I'm calling him George because he's George Clooney and he will forever be just gotcha.
2: Okay, sorry. I wasn't I he doesn't look like a George. I don't
3: know Al. Yeah, he does look like a George. You don't think so.
2: I think Al looks more like a George than George Clooney looks like a George. He
3: looks like an Al to me. I don't even know the actor's name. He looks very much like an Al to me. But I think
2: his last name is Campanella. I think it's like Joe Campanella. It's like very Italian sounding. We'll,
3: We'll keep it at Al. But but Bob. Okay, Bobby George yeah no he she views Bobby as a boy
2: now I'm going to give us I was going to give us each a point here because she did say you can both sleep in my room full stop we don't know what the intention was there so I'm going to give us each a point if that's okay and you get a point because she does refer to him as a boy
3: okay okay but I feel like listeners right now are probably like
2: ah no Carrie well we're going to ask them to weigh in as well uh okay So let's go to clip number three, which I have uh, decided to call Blanche wets herself.
0: (laughs) No, I will not. And I don't think you ought to be talking to him like that either. He's practically your daughter's boyfriend. What are you talking about? They hate each other. They fight all the time. Very passionate fights. Oh, it has all the signs of a classic love-hate relationship. And from the sparks of that conflict rise the flames of desire. Flames that ignite in an uncontrollable frenzy of lust, passion, and ecstasy.
3: Spritz, spritz, spritz. Again, I think this further proves my point. I'm gonna say that about every clip, by the way.
2: Go ahead and tell me why. So
3: what's so interesting about Blanche in this situation is we know Blanche to be very vain. We know her to be very self-centered. And she is, she is, that's who she is. However, in this episode, we see a Blanche that is giving, that is sisterly. She's not going to fight Dorothy for Al. She decided when Dorothy came back and said, oh, I'm wild crazy about this guy. She decided to give Al up to say, you know, no, I don't need Al. You have it. Poor sexless Dorothy. Take Al. And she's completely, she could have in this scene said, oh, well, if Dorothy's with Al, I can get Bobby. And she could have had that moment of sort of building up Bobby because there's another option of a man in the house. She didn't do that, did she? She focused her lust on the one in which it was from the beginning, Al, and never once mentioned Bobby.
2: So here's where I disagree. I think that, again, we can't go by what Blanche isn't doing we can only go based on what blanche is doing and what the combination that exists in this moment is that blanche is incredibly turned on because she know. sprays herself she's turned on but she's also acknowledging that dorothy is that al is off the table yeah because of dorothy
3: and what so, is she not doing what is she What did she literally who did she not mention Well,
2: right. She didn't mention Bobby, but you're
3: turned on by when she's speaking of. She's turned on by how she's turned on
2: by the idea of lust.
3: That's everyone. That's how everyone is turned on by. All right.
2: I maybe neither one of us gets a point here.
3: No, we have to give a point. I am not giving up this point so easily.
2: Right. But I feel like I I could also argue that I should have a point here. You
3: you literally made the point that we cannot argue what Blanche isn't doing. We can only argue what Blanche is doing. And one thing she is doing is only talking about apps.
2: Fine. I am very I will very begrudgingly give you a point right I'm now. Just saying. But I think it's stupid.
3: I'm just saying, did okay. she did she bring up Bobby? No.
2: No, she did not. Okay. Let's see. What's the next clip? Oh, the next clip this moment is called In Bed with Bobby.
0: Oh Bobby, here's those extra towels you asked for, huh? Thanks, Blanche. You're welcome. Well, listen, Blanche, before I forget, I want to thank you for everything you've done the past few days. You don't have to thank me for anything. Actually, I kind of enjoyed doing it. You remind me a lot of my son, Matthew, except he doesn't carry a gun. (laughs) Bobby, does your mama know you carry that gun? Uh, Blanche, I'm a grown man. I don't have to have her permission. Although, to be honest, she's not thrilled about it. That's because she loves you. I know I'd be a nervous wreck if Matthew were a police officer. I worry about him enough as it is, and he's a CPA. I guess that's just a mother's nature. <laughs> well, I'll see you in the morning. Hey, Blanche, listen, uh, my mom lives in Oregon. You know, I don't get a home cooked meal too often. Be okay if I stop by sometime? I think that would be great. And now I don't care how old you think you are, mister. It's time for lights out.
1: Yes, ma'am. Okay. Good night. Thanks.
3: What? Now, let's. So- what- Let's go okay. back to what you previously said. So we only argue what Blanche does do.
2: Right. And I agree that you get the point in this scene. Now, here's what I will say. She is a little breathless when she goes in. That's no, of... not. Listen. Yes, she is. She's she's doing a little bit of this. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but I agree with you that for the rest of the scene, her body language is very relaxed you know, yes, when she sits on the bed, does he slightly lean forward in anticipation? A little bit, but, but that's what does she do? a little bit.
3: She stays in her spot, a safe four feet away.
2: It does. And I will say, when she says goodnight to him, she lightly taps his shoe. She could have grazed his thigh, but she didn't. God. Obviously, she says that he, you know, reminds her of her son. But I am going to play devil's advocate for a moment and ask you have you ever seen the movie Adore?
3: I think I have remind
2: Robin Wright and Naomi Watts.
3: Yes, I have. Yes, I have.
2: They're best friends and they bang each other's sons.
3: Yes.
2: (laughs) Who are also best friends.
3: Yeah. Which that sounds like that sounds like a a wonderful fever dream for someone who's into very dark and twisted things. But I don't think Blanche would be that person because Blanche isn't going for boys. Blanche is going for man.
2: Yeah, but Bobby still is a man.
3: Oh, not to Blanche. She has never once she's referring to him as mister. She's saying, "Why are you carrying that gun? Your mother must be worried about you." She is worried about how Bobby is conducting himself, not what Bobby is packing, if you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> I already told you I was going to give you the point for this one. I know, but I just Also, have,
3: this, this is Also, this, this, this is, is This is ultimately, I have, wait, I have to say this. This is, and when I watched this was Michael earlier, because Michael had never seen this episode, right? And so I knew this was going to be like the pivotal moment of like, was she or wasn't she? And Michael literally was like, how does Carrie get anything flirtatious from that scene? That is the ultimate scene and there is nothing flirtatious about it.
2: I will admit that when I went back to the original episode and I listened to it, both Satya and I, and maybe Satya was just being nice, but. Both he and I had a recollection of watching this episode where when Blanche first walks into the room, the audience reacted in a way where you think something's going to happen. But then when I watched this episode, it was completely in our minds.
3: Which brings up a fascinating point that I think, I forget who I was talking to about this, but that... When characters are so strongly defined, and there are moments that we just expect them to do something that we've always, like in this situation, yeah, you're right. The inclination is to believe that Blanche would be trying to sleep with whatever man is in her bed in, in her house, like 1000%. But what makes this such an interesting Blanche episode is that Blanche isn't vain. Blanche isn't doing the thing that we are used to seeing Blanche do. And that's what's kind of exciting about it. It allows Rue McClanahan to act in a kind of a different way than what we have seen her do. And it's just different, which then deepens her storyline, I think, in a different way. And also because we know how much of a difficult relationship Blanche has with her children. it This episode is such a lovely little pushpin into Blanche's heart in a way that shows us that she is, and she she probably regrets being the kind of mom that she was. And and she wants to be motherly when she can be in the situations that she can be. And in. in this situation, I feel like she's very expressly being motherly.
2: Well, on that note, maybe we should play the final uh, Bobby Blanche interaction. <laughs> Did I prove my point? I mean, you got a point for that clip.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: You know, at first I was really scared, but then when I realized it was just a shoulder wound, then I calmed down. Actually, I passed out, but I did it calmly. Oh, Bobby, you're so brave. You're so stupid. Don't you know you're supposed to duck a bullet? In Sicily, they don't let you pass kindergarten until you learn that.
1: (laughs) Really?
3: Yeah. I mean, she is in a moment of just recognizing that this sun-like figure is safe and even if you go to immediately before this when al runs in and says his partner's been shot or whatever and you see blanche tugging on i think she was next to dorothy you see blanche tugging on dorothy and how and puts her head into dorothy's shoulder she's not thinking of you know a great love or anything like that she's thinking of like her son because she just she literally seconds earlier just compared him to her son so I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think it's pretty well settled. You me. Did you
2: notice that she was wearing shoes, by the way? They're all supposed to have just run out of their bedrooms from a sound sleep and Blanche was wearing shoes.
3: I think she did that because Rue was actually very small. Like mm-hmm. Rue height-wise was very small. And I think yeah. it was Betty White, but like, I think she always wore shoes on set just because she needed that height, you know?
2: I will say, I was going to give you a point for that scene because there was a mention of, she mentioned his mother. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think my, those are all the clips, by the way, in the episode. Those are all of their interactions and kind of like moments where you could get an insight into Blanche's frame of mind when it comes to her and Bobby. Yeah. And I think like, After re-listening to our episode Hmm. and re-watching the episode of To Catch a Neighbor and listening to Satya's message and stuff, I realized that, you know, back when we first recorded this, I think, I don't know if I was still single at that point. I may have been dating Stan at that point, actually. I don't think
3: you were. Were Wait,
2: what was, when when was it? September
3: 2015. I thought Stan was 2016.
2: No, we were dating. We started were dating. You? Yeah, we were dating. We started, we made it official, I think, in like February of 2015.
3: Oh, okay. Well, then. So, you
2: were- so yeah, so we were dating. So I think, I don't know, I, I go back and I listen to that episode and there is an immaturity in me where I think I, you know, was looking at Blanche as more of a two-dimensional character where... Whoa where it was almost like I was living the episode where Blanche is going through menopause and she thinks that sex is the only thing about her. And she's got to discover other parts of herself. And she realizes like, it's totally fine if she's going through menopause, she's not defined by her sexuality or whatever.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and I, I realized that I think back then I was viewing Blanche through that lens and In that moment where both Satya and I, I think we're projecting our own, our own ideas of who Blanche Devereaux was, where when she walked into that room and Bobby was in her bed, I, at least in that moment, heard the audience react in a way that I think I was reacting in my mind. And that audience did not react that way, which is like an, ooh, moment. And, and I think now, especially being a mother and this is why, like, I can't watch, there are so many things I can't watch that I used to watch, like certain Dateline episodes and certain oh, things yeah. I can't read where I just now as, a, as a child, like having a child Every child is my child. Anytime oh there's a story about a child, it's my child. I I immediately think of my I've child. So. Way
3: I've gotten older too, actually. There are, mm-hmm. I mean, because I'm I'm a true crime nut, but I even just the other day, I remember there was a some true crime show that involved a kid being hurt. And I if it involves kids or animals, I can't watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I don't not that I'm saying I would ever like seek those things out, but those types of stories have definitely affected me in a way differently now as a mother. So, um, so yeah, I am, before we bring Danielle on, um, I am here to announce that
3: is this the spoiler
2: I am going on the record and saying, I I don't think that Blanche wanted to sleep with Bobby. I I do think that she looked at him in a maternal way
3: was right eight years later I <laughs> validated it was right eight years ago, and I am right today Blanche is motherly <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh it feels so good but to say it I've been thinking just, it for days
3: I feel like we just like popped everyone's cherry and now it's like we have to have this counseling of how do we like how do we process this which is why it's we a lot to process Dr. cheesecake on yes to understand, yes, maybe why we thought the things that we did. So I think we should take a break yeah. and come back with Dr. Cheesecake. What do you think?
2: I think I'm ready to talk to the doctor. Oh, God. <sighs> and we are back with Dr. Cheesecake. Basically- Danielle hello. Soto. Oh, hello, Danielle. How, How are, are, you?
5: are you? I'm so good. And I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I've been looking forward to this basically since the invitation. I was so excited to do this. And what's finally happening? Well, you are the perfect person to do this because on your podcast,
3: you basically do exactly what we need you to do for us in this situation in this eight year disagreement that we had over this we need to get your advice your opinions your thoughts on all of these things and i feel like as a member of sort of the golden girls vip community you are respected and loved for this very reason so you're the perfect person to have
5: I really hope I can help. I have a PhD in cheesecake, but you know, sometimes <laughs> it's a, sometimes it can be challenging. So I'm gonna do my best. I really, really hope I can help. Well, before we get to that
3: though, we should acknowledge that the three of us just came off of our world tour in Chicago, only one spot in the world yeah. at Golden Con. How much fun was that?
5: Chicago is in the world. Yeah, yeah, so it was a world tour.
2: I will say, Danielle, because I went to um, the live recording of your podcast at Golden Con and sitting in the audience, the way that, you know, when someone asks you for, you know, some advice about a situation that they have, a problem that they have, the way that you are able to, in real time, immediately go to an episode of The Golden Girls that ties into their situation and the advice gets pulled from that episode and you know the name of the episode and you know that the season that it's from. I was just watching you flex the most impressive muscle ever in doing this. I was like, I, I can't think of anybody else who could I can only think
3: of one. I can only think of one. There's one other person that you remind me of, Danielle, which is a huge compliment and you will love it. Because when I'm around her, I'm always like, how do you remember these things? And it's Alaska Thunderfuck.
5: I knew you were going to say that. She's the only one. one. I was like, this is either going to be Alaska or Elliot Glazer." No, it's it's not Elliot. Who have both been on your podcast, right? Yes. And I am looking at two future guests right now. Um, Thank you so much, you know, Carrie, for the live episode of Dr. Cheesecake at Golden Con, you were such a big part of why I think that was such a good show is because Carrie raised her hand and she asked a question. I'm not going to go too into detail because I want your listeners to listen to m- the episode. Yeah. But it was very inside joke. It was very inside baseball. And it was so, so clever of you to ask and i was like oh shoot this is definitely one of the homies right oh. it was
2: it was one of those things where i was like she's either going to love this or afterwards she's going to be like what are you doing and i oh, was I, so glad I, that it was the I former. wish i had
3: been there because i'm imagining this is this is the scenario i have so Dr. Cheesecake, you're on stage, right? And you're taking your, you have your glasses on, you're like, you know, have your doctorate and everything. And then Carrie, who's in the audience stands up and then everyone immediately, she takes off her sunglasses and hat because she's trying to be like incognito. And then everyone is whispering, I think that's Carrie I think that's Carrie Doherty. And uh, then you ask the question and it kills, it kills. And the audience goes crazy. That's That's what happened, right?
2: I love that you're you're living out my wish fulfillment of ever being recognized, at, which at Golden Con, I did wear an out on the Lanai shirt because I knew otherwise nobody and why would anybody know who I am? Because I have a very generic sounding voice. I don't no. nobody would. I don't it's not like you look at our logo and you know what my face looks like based on a cartoon image of me. But um, that's a very good guess. But no, I think the real answer is better. And yeah, you guys should go check out. Uh, that episode of Doctor Cheesecake to hear, uh, Daniel and I had a really really fun exchange. It yeah. was
5: fantastic. It like set the tone for the rest of the episode, and it was almost like this wild experience where everyone in the audience got on board. Oh. Like, it was like everyone all of a sudden understood the assignment that I didn't even think of. Like primarily, it was a very like authentic um organic i mean it was a religious experience i love that <laughs> oh
3: my God. well carrie should we get to the reason the what dr
5: cheesecake
2: yes like that giving advice yes so we are here we're looking for some guidance in 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 this sort of whatever seven eight year long debate that we've been having having so my first question for you dr cheesecake is You know, in the past, when H. Allen and I have disagreed on something, we've always been able to sort of find a compromise, a resolution in some way. But the the whole point of was Blanche trying to sleep with George Clooney or was she acting more like a maternal figure? This has been a sticking point in our relationship. It's something for years. Neither one of us has ever budged on or tried to see the other person's perspective until today.
3: Yeah, when Carrie was, I was Right.
2: Right. But for like seven, eight years, like, why do you like, what do you think it says about our relationship that neither one of us would budge for so long?
5: Yeah, absolutely. So immediately um, with this question, um, an episode of the Golden Girls comes to mind. It's from season seven. um, And I think it's called That's For Me To Know. And it's the one where Blanche... Trying to install a hot tub, mm. and Rose thinks we should be honest. Did I just say we? I just said we. <laughs> yeah. It is we, it is we, our yeah, family. We're all, we're all in on this. So, Rose is like, We have to be honest with the city, we have to be honest with the you know, um, city, uh, about construction, yeah. it's the right thing to do. And Blanche is Zoning. like, Zoning she's like, that's none of their business. It doesn't matter. You don't have to do that. And I understand both sides. But one thing that those women do is, you know, they pull other people's opinions in Dorothy and Sophia. Um, At one point during that episode, they do an anonymous vote, Um, which you're both familiar with that scene. So do you ever think maybe we should get other people to weigh in on this?
3: Yes.
2: So that's a so that's a great question. So to that point, what's so great about that, that response is that we did is that we actually had a guest on for that episode, Satya Baba, wonderful actor, great director, who and
5: great guest on that episode,
2: great guest. So I, in re-listening to that episode, I believed that Satya was agreeing with me and HL, and I think you thought that. i know
3: i don't i don't think he was agreeing with me i think and that's the funny thing about this about this disagreement and maybe it has something maybe it says that like the reason why blanche is such a huge influence on my drag is because i am incredibly vain because i never felt like i needed anyone to agree with me i knew i was right all along and so I feel like maybe I'm a little blanch in this situation in that I'm just like, why are you being so stupid? It's clear, obvious. And if you don't want to get on board, it's fine because I will be fabulous solo. So, no, I never really thought that Satya was agreeing with me necessarily, but I also never cared if he did. did
2: Did you think he was agreeing with me, though?
3: No, I don't think he was agreeing with you either. I feel like he was sort of like putzing around the, he was sort of going back and forth and he was being wishy-washy unlike us who are very sort of like, here's our point.
5: I mean, H. Allen, you make a good point with comparing yourself to Blanche because as we know, Blanche can be very, very insecure and she can also need a lot of validation. Mm -hmm. So you have been in this, in this disagreement for you said seven or eight years Mm -hmm. you're not you're not walking away with the confidence of being correct you're you're still in it
3: oh i'm still in it for sure but i'm also validated knowing that i was correct most of the year all of the years really and i knew it was just a matter of time before i i just i felt it that like even before we started recording this episode today when carrie said she had spoilers for me i was like I think her being a mama has changed her view of how she watches this episode a little bit. And I think that's a good thing because I have the same experience. You know, there are certain things that as I've aged, I change in how I view these things or how I view these characters. Sex in the City is a great example. You know what I mean? I used to not care about Samantha. Now she's my favorite. So like, it's, it's just kind of like we get older and we look at things differently.
5: That is true. Yes, absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. So you must and on top of the world, knowing that Carrie agrees with you, though. I feel like Blanche getting her validation.
1: Uh-huh.
5: Like, yeah. It's like that episode where she goes to get plastic surgery because she thinks she's looking old. She goes to that um college reunion and she looks so much older than her classmates. And the entire time she's feeling so insecure and she's trying to fix it. She's trying to fix it. She's going to these great lengths. And then a plastic surgeon wants to take her on a date. Yeah. And suddenly she's like, suddenly she's like. Oh, my! Like he can build any face he wants and he wants mine. And then she's like, "I'm fine,
3: Yeah, and I'm okay with that too like i I have i I feel like I do the exact same things. You know, I'll get down on myself about certain things or I'll like, you know, and I going forward with this, I don't think for the next eight years of this podcast, I will probably still be like. The day carrie said i was right and i will let i will never forget it
2: <laughs> i'm letting you have this hubris right now it is very hubris it's hubrisy though um okay so okay.
3: wait. So we have another question right i'll, yes. I'll, I'll ask the second question so right. what do you think that our opinions about whether blanche wanted to sleep with bobby or not you know what i mean like regardless of our opinions like what do you think that says about us as humans like our takes on this on this situation
2: Either being maternal or she wants to sleep with him. The fact that
3: that I went maternal and that Carrie went sexual.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too deep or personal, but
5: um, I wonder if it's a reflection on how you feel about your own mothers or your or mothers in general. Um, How you grew up in the neighborhoods, your friends, moms, like were you surrounded by hot moms and MILFs or yeah. were you surrounded by like very wholesome, very churchy? I don't know. Just not sexy. Like, I guess, what were the women like gr- that you grew up around? Harry?
2: Um i trying to think of the moms in my neighborhood. You know what? There was a woman named Suzanne next door to us, my friend's mom, and she was a bodybuilder. <laughs> she was a, a tan.
3: She was a bodybuilder.
2: fit bodybuilder.
3: I'm obsessed.
2: <laughs> so
5: 90s.
3: That is so 90s. You know, yeah.
5: it's,
3: it's interesting you say that, Doctor, because I, I've talked about this on. I think on this podcast before, but I've definitely talked about it elsewhere, that I, grew I think I've definitely talked about this podcast, I grew up with a brother who was disabled, who is disabled. And so a lot of attention had to be given to my brother. And so we my other siblings had to be more independent because of that and not have that. I mean, our mom was around and we love our mother, and she was a fantastic mother. But we also had didn't have necessarily the direct mother experience that probably a lot of other kids have because of my mother having to put her attention elsewhere. And so because of that, maybe I saw, I was able to see more of Blanche's maternal side here and see that she's a nuanced character that isn't just a sexual being because I seek out that maternal nature in those moments, perhaps.
5: Can I I ask you, where in the line do you fall age-wise? Are you the oldest sibling, youngest sibling, middle?
3: I'm towards the end. I'm third to sort of youngest
5: you have younger siblings.
3: I have one younger sibling.
5: So maybe... Oh, I'm my like, immediate
3: family. There's a lot of other step and half and everything. But yes, I'm one of the youngest.
5: Well, maybe it was a little bit of like you felt protection or maternal towards the younger ones. You weren't the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of that going on as well. Was like,
3: also what we were talking about previously about Blanche and how Blanche, we know of Blanche. She was never... And she admitted this herself, she was never the best mother. And I think I have sort of a soft spot for parents who sometimes feel like they're not doing their best or they're not being great or whatever, because I am clearly a product of a fantastic mother who was not able to give me a lot of what I needed, but I turned out great. And so like, I don't want my mom to ever feel bad about not giving or any parent feel bad about not being able to be the best parent that they think they're supposed to be when it's like, you're doing the best you can. And it's probably great
5: it's probably really common for parents to feel inadequate
3: yeah yeah totally and you're just doing a good job in the circumstances that you have and i guarantee you nine out of ten times it's fantastic and the kids are going to be fantastic
5: (laughs) yes absolutely
2: so mm, danielle i would love to know your thoughts excuse me dr cheesecake i feel like i've got to be really formal in these moments when i'm asking these types of (laughs) questions and advice Please, so, Dr.
5: Cheesecake was my father. No, <laughs> <laughs> he, he does no. He likes cheesecake, but he's not a doctor. Okay.
2: <laughs> um, so as we mentioned, my, you know, back seven, eight years ago, I, when watching this episode, was convinced that Blanche wanted to sleep with George Clooney um and now you know m- since becoming a mother which may or you know may or may not have something to do with it I now believe that she was being a maternal figure um why do you think my opinion has changed or yeah where do you think that could that sort of could come from
5: so this is a little off the rails because it's not so much Golden Girls. So I'll try to give you a better Golden Girls related answer after this. But I grew up with like the typical elementary school and there was this, we had like recess teachers. Do you know
1: mm-hmm. what I'm
5: yeah. yeah. Okay. So there was a recess teacher and he was like a younger guy. He was like now in retrospect, he's probably in his early twenties, but you know, at the time you don't really understand the difference between young adults and old adults—they're yes. all. Adults. And recently, I would say in the last two years, this man found me on Facebook, mm. and this recess teacher from when I was in third grade, and he Facebook friended me, <gasps> and he would send me Facebook messages that were not explicitly you know, intimate or sexual, but I found them to be flirtatious and therefore inappropriate because I was like, you knew me when I was nine years old. That is Mm. really gross to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ran it by a friend of mine and she's like, you're an adult. You're an adult. He's an adult. And I was like, no, never. Mm
3: -hmm. It depends on how, I mean, not to go all dr cheesecake on you but (laughs) it depends on how he found you i think is i mean did he friend request you because he remembered you from third grade or did he friend request you because of i don't know if you came from a small town or something but did was there connections that possibly he was like oh i probably know this person like you know it's the circumstances like what is the
5: he knew where he knew me from okay and he tried to remember things that had happened i think he confused me with another student who had mm-hmm. like broken their arm or something during recess and i was like that wasn't me i wasn't allowed to get hurt um i am very overprotective parents um <laughs> but i was like uh this is this is wild to me because if you know someone when they're a children for or for when a child you forever in their eyes should be a child
3: Interesting. I'll see, and I don't necessarily think it's
2: that. Interesting.
3: I don't think that because I come, my grandparents similar, not similar situation, but like an equally ick situation <laughs> in that in my grandma, my grandpa, it was always the story in my family that my grandpa was at my grandma's birth. I know. So he, there's a 20 year age difference between my grandparents, which I don't have a problem with age differences at all. I mean, I'm 10 years older or nine years older than, than Michael. And which is weird because I'm only 28 and (laughs) uh, no, but he um, he always had said the story. And it was because my grandpa was dating my grandma's mother's sister. So her aunt um, at the time and when she was born and it was a small town and he took his girlfriend at the time to visit the new baby that was being born from her sister. And then they broke up and he left and he moved to California and came back. And then 20 years later, she was a 20 year old girl living her life. And he was a 40 year old man and they struck up a romance. And then they realized he was at her birth and it was uncomfortable probably, but it didn't stop them from being married for 50 years.
5: See, I understand why that is like more under like appropriate. I feel like because your grandfather didn't spend time. True.
3: That's true. Memories
5: of her as a little girl.
3: Yeah. It's an infant for like a, a week. basically.
5: Which is, ba- which is basically like a house plant.
3: Yes. Like- <laughs> yes. Yes. For sure. Yes. But I wonder what Blanche would think about this. I have a feeling Blanche would tell you to give the man, because is the man cute? Is he attractive? Yeah. To give the man the benefit of the doubt, because you only live once, honey.
5: It's a good point. I don't know. I feel like if you're looking at somebody through the eyes of Blanche and you see George Clooney, a.k.a. Bobby, and you're like, huh, you kind of remind me of my son. I think that's where the romance needs well, to that, end.
3: That was always my argument with Blanche. And that's what I always thought was so compelling about Blanche in this episode is that Blanche from the very beginning is using language like You know oh you can have the boy or like she's using dismissive juvenile language to describe bobby george clooney and and so that to me tells me that not only at the beginning is bobby insignificant to her but in a sexual way but then as they he stays at the house for however long they were at that house she then starts to see him as one of her kids as her son and becomes that maternal figure thus shutting off everything that would ever be sexual for Blanche, which is weird because Blanche is never shutting off that sexual thing, you know, which right. I get, I understand why you would think she would be sexual, but I think that's what makes this episode of Blanche so unique.
5: Right. I think that she's doing the 100% like ethical or um, natural thing of being like, no, this man is not on my radar in terms of sex. Yeah i feeling protective of him, especially because he has such a dangerous job. Like, yeah. if it had been just a construction worker who needed a place to stay, or like, you know, maybe, um, you know like a CPA. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's. I think the fact that he carries a gun, the fact that he is in the line of danger, I think that also, um, not to, no pun intended, triggers something in Blanche. Yeah her feel even more protective because she already like we're starting out with this foundation of you are not a safe individual.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, so then what that's interesting. You did answer my question because one of my questions was going to be, you know, what do you think? Do you think that Blanche, you know, would have slept with him or was she, you know, more of a mother figure? And I you you've I think we're all on the right side of history right now by thinking the latter. Yeah. Well, Carrie, um,
5: under, for, Carrie, for you, like now that you're a mom, do you feel protective of other people or animals or s- things like that that you didn't before?
2: Oh, I was telling H. and before earlier in the episode that um, I, I definitely every child uh, is like I any any story about any child I, I see as my child now. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I do find myself like definitely in that way. It's it's a little different, but um, I mean, I'm so glad that H. Allen and I were able to resolve this argument, but as your, as your, you know, golden girls expertise goes in the future, if H. Allen and I have a, a debate, something, we're having a hard time finding a resolution. Is there a golden girls episode that you can point to where it's like, here's how we should handle it. Maybe instead of just like stewing on it and, 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 you know, not letting our, you know, not letting our walls down for seven years. um, Is there, what can we learn from the golden girls on if we are having a disagreement, how should we handle it?
5: Oh man. Mm, Good question. Um, While I marinate on that one, I do think that your shift Carrie in how you felt about this episode does have something to do with being a mama. Mm. Because I think if you were in Blanche's shoes, um, you know, five years, ago, like if you were Carrie five years ago and also in Blanche's shoes, <laughs> 30 years ago, um, <laughs> you would, you would, you would be like, this is a come on, This is a sexy Blanche moment, just like all the rest of the sexy Blanche moments. But now if you were, Lance, you're looking through these eyes of I'm a mom and he's a kid. Yeah. He's a kid. Yeah. He's not my kid, but I got to protect him as if he was. Yeah,
3: and He's a sexy, yeah. wow. sexy kid. I mean, George Clooney in the 80s. He's
2: very smack. hot.
3: There are episodes of Roseanne where he's the, the warehouse manager and he's wearing khaki pants that are so high-waisted. You see every single bit of his Clooney's. Ay ay ay. Ay ay ay. Right.
5: He was also Facts of Life, right?
3: He was very briefly, but I never really liked him on Facts of Life. That that was a little too juvenile for me. I I needed Clooney as a man. Yeah, yeah it's true. But uh, so Dr. Cheesecake. Now that we've basically settled this, you know, and 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 we've all shared our opinions on what we think Blanche's intentions are and I'm so glad we're all in agreement with me. Um but I want to know what So the community does seem split on this there over the years we've had people reach out or comment on episodes saying that like oh of course blanche wanted to would have would wanted to sleep with clooney i think it's fair to say blanche would sleep with bobby if if the circumstances were different and bobby was just a man in her house changing a light bulb she would totally sleep with bobby but because of the circumstance she was maternal but why do you think the community is so split on this and what does it say about how we perceive Blanche as a person that we immediately think she's just gonna fuck anything that moves.
5: Yes, absolutely. So now, so I'm gonna think about that question while I answer Kerry's question, which I think in all the episodes where there are disagreements, I feel like everybody weighs in. Mm. Like, remember that episode where Sophia and Blanche are dating the same man.
3: Oh yeah. Santiago. Yeah. Yes. Fidel. Or Fidel. Yeah. yeah. Well, Fidel Santiago. Fidel. Oh, Santiago. Thank you. Okay.
5: That's <laughs> <It> was right. <laughs> and I think everybody weighs, everyone, you know, Dorothy says, Hey, we talked about this when Sophia's on a date with him, Blanche, you stay out of it. So I think when you two have disagreements, I think you're doing the exact right thing. You get somebody else's perspective, you know, you don't just run in circles and keep reiterating your own point. You ask friends, trusted professionals, um, with medical degrees,
3: like Uh, Dr. Cheesecake herself.
5: Sure. There's one, um, who can help and weigh in. Um, and it's like that hot tub one, same, same thing. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of other examples where they're like in a debate, someone's in disagreement. Oh, the one where um, Dorothy is dating that uh, man who's not super sexy, but great in bed. Eddie the mm. who smells good. Yeah. Yes. Like porterhouse steak. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, even in that situation, Sophia disagrees. Um, She lets it known that she disagrees, but she lets Dorothy make her own decisions so Uh, once again we're getting the feedback from people we trust Uh, even when when Sophia moves out or Rose
3: moves out I mean those are all situations where they all have to come to the table and workshop this problem and try to resolve it I mean you can really say that about every episode they all have to workshop the problem and then figure it out you know what I mean
5: I mean it's my it's my purpose in life to prove that there's an episode of the golden girls to help every single problem. And, and that's because they helped each other with their problems yeah. and always around the kitchen table and always with cheesecake or oatmeal cookies, depending on the episode.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well,
5: well, so then uh, back to Blanche, like what,
3: how do you think we perceive Blanche? Like, do you think that we are maybe too biased or too judgmental when it comes to how we Receive Blanche and her motives?
5: Yes, absolutely. I mean, remember that episode where, I mean, you both do, but remember that episode um, with Gil Kessler running for uh, his election and they're all looking for him? And there's like this rumor going around that Blanche slept with him. And she's like, no, I didn't. But he says they did. And nobody believes Blanche. And it's like, I think everybody renounced that episode as like the trans- Awareness episode, or like whether or not this was treated delicately to the trans community. But there's this also other uh beeline sort of concern of slut shaming.
3: Totally. Right. Yeah.
5: Is Blanche not being trusted because she's a slut? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I feel like even at times her best friends are a little skeptical of her, uh, just because she sleeps around. She knows what she wants she's sexually uh not inhibited what's the opposite of
2: inhibited? uninhibited
3: uninhibited and she's an independent woman but if you look at blanche i mean if you really look at blanche and who she is as a woman out of all of those women she is the most financially secure she is the one who has a job for, throughout who has a home and equity that she owns that She's she's not having to rent from anybody. She's able to buy a hotel at one point. Like this woman actually has her shit together more so than any of the other women who could not even afford a house.
5: (laughs) So I never never even thought about it like that. But you're right. She's really, really secure in in her adulthood. Sometimes people treat her like she's this child or just a little clueless. But yeah. also she's like this super ethical person at times there's that episode where dorothy is sleeping with the um married man mm, yes glenn yes glenn um he's the track coach gym teacher something yeah. like that yeah and um blanche is like well i don't sleep with married men and they were all like what
1: they were shocked.
5: And she's like, no, they give all the good gifts to their wives because they're feeling right
2: because they feel bad. Yeah.
5: At at
3: one hand, you can say she's ethical. But another hand, you can say she's super vain because it comes down to the good gifts, you know? But I love that about her is that she goes either ways and she does it without shame.
5: Mm Yeah. I mean, it's one of those do the ends justify the means. I mean, she she got to the ethical point. How she got there, I don't know. But
3: Well, Dr. Cheesecake, we love you, of course. Where can people find the podcast and you on social media?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I am on um, Apple Podcasts, Uh, Apple, iApple. I'm not a very good technological person.
3: (laughs) Just look for Dr. (laughs) Dr. Cheesecake, and we'll link it in the show notes as well. And where can people find you on, on social media?
5: Yeah. So you can listen to the podcast on Libsyn and then on social media, everything is under Golden Girls Doc, D-O-C, like doctor. So you can find me on Instagram. I have a TikTok with um, lots of like daily facts about the Golden Girls, a lot of behind the scenes kind of stuff that I've learned throughout the years. So please follow me on TikTok and Instagram and listen to the podcast.
2: Yes, because you have had some amazing guests you've had. I mean, in the Golden Girls, um, you know, cast and crew, you've well, you've had Stan Zimmerman on. You've had uh, Terry Hughes on like you've got. So so for for people who really are clamoring to get every piece of of Golden Girls facts and the people that worked on the shows like those are episodes that they should definitely check out.
3: And I think that we should have Dr. Cheesecake stay on to officially do her first golden takeaway what do you
2: think i love that idea
3: i love it well let's take a break and we'll come right back with our golden (laughs) takeaway We are back with our golden takeaway, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. We have Dr. Cheesecake joining us for this week's golden takeaway. But because this is her first time, we are not going to put Dr. Cheesecake on the spot. And Carrie and I will go first. Carrie, what's your golden takeaway from this episode?
2: My golden takeaway is I'm just I'm so thankful that Dr. Cheesecake was here today for this because I one, I feel like you know, just from being all of us being such big Golden Girls fans that you really can learn so many great life lessons from the Golden Girls. And in those moments where they're sitting around and they're having their cheesecake and they're talking about their problems. And I'm just so glad that you and your podcast exist to take that aspect of the Golden Girls that we love so much and to sort of bring it into the real world for people um i think that's really great and i'm i'm just so glad that you were here today to be part of uh a resolution of you know this like 7 8 year long debate that's gone on it feels like there's some finality here to it no. and um and i've just really appreciated your perspective on the situation
3: Oh, I love that. That's so sweet. My golden takeaway from this episode stems to um, what we were talking about with slut shaming. Now, I remember growing up, I would always tell like body jokes or like I would be a little like silly and scandalous with my jokes and comedy and stuff. And I was always sort of shamed for what I would do and where I would go and how open I was about everything and every aspect. And then when I started stand up, I became even more shamed for how like, vocal I was about, like, I'd be in a straight room in New York doing a set and like, I would be talking about gay jokes and gay sex jokes and gay sexy things or whatever. And like, you would see the straight people just be like, huh? And I just really felt like, like isolated in a lot of ways. And then as I started, of course, with this podcast, because this was the first podcast I ever did, there's a lot of history of me just being very open about lots of different things about my life and lots of different other things. And what I love about it is it, validated it was a community of people who were like yeah you're like blanche you're just you're just open about this and that's okay we accept you for being that sort of like very open sexual slutty flirty person and even from it like i've met other fans who have become very good friends of mine who philip and brandon i'm thinking of they're my slutty friends and i love them and we can be silly and and funny and all of the things and so i love that about this and i will never slut shame anyone be a weirdo
2: yeah, it was put so well. I love that, uh, Doctor Cheesecake. What is your uh, golden takeaway for today?
5: So I have two. Ooh, yes, yeah. <laughs> One golden takeaway is that I think what we're doing here right now is a really wonderful representation of the Golden Girls community is that we both have golden girls podcasts and there is no competition. There is no cattiness. I love your show. I love you both. I think that what you do is fantastic. And um, I, um, I think that when I went to golden con, it was such a comfortable environment, despite the fact that there was lots and lots and lots of people that I had never met before. But what it felt like was that I was meeting friends of my friends. Yep. Yep. So it's like this beautiful community of people who support one another and have like kind of very, very similar outlooks on life that, you know, you're not done living when you turn 40 and be a slut or you can um, be
3: silly or funny or whatever it is.
5: Yes, exactly. Yes. And, you know, work with charities, make donations. You're still so active. You're still so helpful. You're not done living. That's my takeaway. One is how wonderful this community has been to me and how grateful I am for all the friends that I have made through the golden girls. It's unbelievable. My takeaway two is that, um, I think a lot of people try to put moms in boxes and be like, you're a mom. So now you get a short haircut you wear long sleeves. You wear sweatpants. You're not going to be sexy anymore, and that is completely unnecessary and total bullshit. Uh, you can be a mom. You can be sexy. Um, you can be flirtatious. You can be a bodybuilder, um, or you can be you. You can be like Kerry, and you can have a fabulous career, and awesome hobbies, and a great social life, and also be a terrific mom. And in a lot of ways, I think that having a life outside of your kids is really healthy for your kids.
3: Yeah, when Carrie, when we were at Golden Con and we had an adjoining room with a door that was never closed, and I literally was like, okay, Carrie's a mom now. She's gonna have to be on the phone with her kid a lot. She's gonna have to do a lot of the mom things that moms have to do, and I get that. Whereas Michael and I walk into a room the bags fly open, hair is flying everywhere, sequins are everywhere, it becomes a mess, everything's trashy, and the opposite happened with Carrie. On well, We didn't leave the hotel very much because there was like bad weather and all these things, but we literally- There
5: was like a tornado. Yeah, there, there, was, like, a tornado there was a tornado was, warning. A
3: tornado happening. So we hung out in the hotel a lot, but Carrie would come over, we'd eat a shit ton of Popeyes, I'd be in half face, and we would just be hanging out Like it was like a college trip or something. And it was just for me, I was just like, okay, well, I hope Carrie is able to have a nice, like, non mom weekend. She can actually just like chill and eat Popeyes and try on wigs with us. And like that, because that's what we do all the time, you know?
2: And I had a great weekend. We left, I think we left the door open in between our hotel rooms like the whole time which was pretty great and then yeah I would just wander in and take a bag of candy off your dresser while you're like putting makeup on and stuff we'd sit and watch YouTube videos and uh yeah it was a great time and and Daniel I totally agree with you I feel like the Golden Girls community like being there, even though we'd never met most of the people there, everybody felt like friends or friends of friends. It was like, because I do think that we all share a lot of the same, you know, values and outlooks on life. Like there's a very specific type of person who's like a mega golden girls fan. And that person is awesome. I've I've never met, I've never met someone who was like, I love the golden girls. And then was a piece of shit. I've never met someone. like that. Never.
3: I've always thought, That like, and my mom always said this too, whenever I would feel bad about what I do for work or like, you know, how it looks like I'm just like this man screaming for attention on a stage and a dress and a wig and like always doing these crazy things. And, and I wonder, I go home and I'm like, oh, well, my, my, everyone, my friends, they have very normal lives and they don't really do the weird things that I do and all these things. And my mom really put it really great when she was like you and people like you who do the things that you do, you're vessels for other people to see other aspects of life. And you, you, your job is just as necessary as their job in creating lives and work, having regular, because there's no, there's no difference between someone wanting to just sort of like be a parent and raise beautiful children and just do a job and have a great family. And that's their focus in life. And that's a wonderful thing. And we need people like that but we also need people like us who do podcasts and fan out and host shows and do drag and all of the things as sort of like alternative takes on how life can be and i and we all have these jobs and neither or is better or worse it's just sort of wonderful so when we meet these people like at golden con it's like sure we're the hosts we're the people doing the things but we're also all just sort of fans and it's kind of just wonderful
5: yes absolutely it might sound very hyperbolic but being at Golden Con made me less afraid of dying because mm-hmm. that's what I feel like heaven is going to be like. Oh, be a lot of really really nice people who all love the things you love, and you're going to feel really welcome. Oh. Um, so there's going to be people where you're like, I know I recognize you, but I haven't seen you in a long time, and then there oh. they are. There's oh, just there's really no true.
3: better feeling. There's no better feeling. I mean, one of the biggest blessings I think of doing what we do but specifically how i my personal feeling on it is i really love walking into a room dressed the way i usually am and then to see people smiling because i am clearly a clown walking down the hallway and well you
2: were literally a clown you were mrs was, haha yeah, it was mrs. Dog, ha-ha, Hacienda.
3: part of it but like to see someone just smile and to know that like for even just like five seconds i made that person's moment like a little bit better than whatever Whatever was happening in their life, if good or bad, to have oh, that smile, it just, it just, it validates what you do, and it makes you feel so good. And I love it.
5: If you ever stop screaming on stage in a wig, I will personally <laughs> come you and I will shake you. I will shake you and be like, "Why would you not keep doing this? You're so wonderful at it and makes people happy." I, love- I had oh, a girl God. come up to me at one of the booths. I was just perusing, and she came up to me and she goes, "Excuse me," and I was like, "Oh, am I in the way?" And she goes, no, I follow you on TikTok. And I wanted to come say hi and see if we could get a photo together. And I was like, what? I was so, I'm not going to be, I'm a little vain too. I'm a little bit of a Blanche. I do want to be recognized and I do want to be approached. And it was the best, best feeling. Yeah.
3: well, we should oh. we should officially end. That. Danielle, sit there with us because you have to be a part of our stay golden as well. But we're gonna do our our end little banter that we have to do here just for a second. So, Carrie.
2: Well, I mean, this has been an awesome episode of the podcast. Danielle, thank you so much for being here, at Dr. Cheesecake. It was a blast. And to everybody listening, thank you all so much. And we will catch you back here next week for more Golden Girls greatness.
3: And as you all know, we are officially part of Mom, Moguls of Media. This is wonderful. Go subscribe to Mom Plus, listen to Race Chaser, and all the other fantastic podcasts that Mom are giving us to the world. So wonderful. And you can follow us on social media at Golden GoldenGirlsPod on twitter on instagram we're out on the lanai official on facebook we're golden girls pod and i am sadie pine slash on scott on
2: everything and i'm squidzy on instagram and squid eat squid on twitter and if you have a moment please rate and review us wherever you get this podcast because the more ratings we get the more the show will get bumped up and the more people will discover it and join our lovely kick-ass community of golden girls fans
3: okay no, dr cheesecake this is where you come in okay and as always
2: remember
3: yeah, they're
5: now.
2: They're golden! Golden! They're
5: golden. <laughs> Yay! <laughs>